everyone. Welcome to Runs with Dogs. I am Jen, joined as always by GR Dad. Run, 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 run. <laughs> you had to remember which podcast we were Where doing. Where am I? <laughs> what? Why am I here? What am I? What time is it? This is not my beautiful house. Where is the day? <laughs> yeah. How's it going, dear dad? It's fine. Excellent, excellent. Not like I had any traumatic this weekend. I have no excuse. <laughs> uh, I finished. I ran 100 miles. Unbelievable. This is what we're here to talk about today. Whoa. Oh my gosh. I, I'm not talking much. I'm just going to be saying things like, holy crap. <laughs> so uh, we recorded our last podcast that I was going to run 100 miles. I guess that I also finished running the Keys. And yeah, you only ran 1,900 miles or no, 900 and 900 some miles. miles. In the 910, keys. yeah. 910 the Keys. But it was over four months. And, you know, this was all. Who's growling? <laughs> Who? What? I don't know. Vink is growling at the USB symbol on the TV. Seems less threatening, actually, Vink. <laughs> okay, so uh, we recorded our last podcast last week, and then I uh, flew to Pensacola. Did not especially like the idea of getting on a plane, but I talked to my doctor about it. And How long would the drive have been? 12 hours. Yeah, I, let's put this in perspective. Yes, yes, it is literally the farthest... Pensacola and where we live in the Keys are just about the farthest apart you can get in the state of Florida. Like you're driving the whole sea. Yeah, Pensacola sea. is like on the panhandle, on the border with Alabama, and the Keys are all the way down <laughs> the other side, and we're I mean, all the way down at the bottom. That's of the a Keys. Texas-style drive within a within a state. I mean, that is yeah. a, that is California, Texas, Florida. They're giant. Yeah, and I I didn't really want to fly. I don't like being inside with people. You know, I'm pretty COVID conservative. Um, but I, you know, talked to my doctor about it, and she's like, look, if you drive, you're going to have to stop at gas stations. You're going to have to go in and use the bathroom. Like, there's risk both ways if you do, you know, all this stuff. Like, you're basically fine. Uh, and I stayed very far away from people. You know, in the airport, I, like, kind of sat by myself in the gates that didn't have flights boarding. So, and... The, the flights, there it's little planes from Key West, and so all the flights that I took had, like, one seat on one side of the plane and two seats on the other, and so I was in the front one seat, so I didn't have anybody next to me. I didn't have anybody in front of me. Uh, so. It would have been the non-smoking zone. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, well, when I was little, I used to have a smoker zone in the plane and the non-smoking zone, and the back was the smoking zone because, you know, the air went to the back. Huh. And so you were in like the, you know, front. That's the air is better. It's known that it's better in the front. Okay. And you were in the non-COVID zone. That's good. <laughs> if only that's how it worked. It didn't work that way for smoking either. No. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so I flew to Pensacola. Uh, I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express. So last time I did this race, I got an Airbnb. And it was mediocre, as many Airbnbs are. Uh, and I was like, if I have a fridge it's fine like i'll just stay in a hotel so i got like a, a, a quote-unquote suite at the holiday Inn express um and like look no knock on holiday Inn express i have stayed at many of them but they often smell damp right like it's not the kind of hotel i stay at for work which is very fancy like air conditioner drip damp or shower leak damp who knows uh and this one did and i hate it um and i was like i have to get all this stuff right since i'm not driving like i need a ton of supplies for this race i need you know cokes and food and gatorade and coolers 
coolers. So I, uh, I was like, I'm going to have to like, maybe I can do pickup. And then I was like, oh, right. We're back in the civilized world where they have Instacart. So I will just have Instacart bring it to me. And so I checked into my hotel and I was like, I'm going to add some air freshener to my Instacart because I can have them bring whatever I want. And so I got this like Febreze Ocean was the name of the scent. And I thought maybe it would smell, you know, I didn't think it would smell actually like the ocean, but something vaguely oceany. No, man, it smelled like a Hollister. What ocean are they thinking? I don't know. Of? It smelled nothing vaguely like like I've smelled whatever ocean breeze Didn't have candles. Like cinnamon in it. I saw the three ingredients. Oh, and no. None of them were ocean. <laughs> it smelled like a Hollister. You know what? It was fine. It reminded me of college. Uh, <laughs> Smelly boys. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I got in. Uh, I had to work. I got in on Friday because the race started Saturday. I had to work like crazy on Friday, so I worked from my hotel room. And then uh, basically prepped all my stuff, had a rental car, obviously, went to the race. I started at 6.37 a.m. on Saturday morning, so just before the sun came up. Uh, and Yeah, you had individual slots, right? Slot three times. people at a time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so one-minute increments, three people at a time, so no one was jammed together. Um, yeah, so the course for this race is a two and a half mile loop, and it's at an equestrian center where they have like horse shows and stuff. And so there's like a big pavilion where they would have the horse shows, and that's sort of where you start. You start out, so people camp inside the pavilion. A lot of people camp at so ultras. It's a big roofed space with sand in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's mostly outdoor, but there's a roof over it. And there's like stands and no one was in the stands. Uh, oh, I see. It's outdoors in the COVID sense, right? You got full air circulation. It's open on both ends. It's like being outdoors. Yes. I mean, it is outdoors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not heated or whatever. It just has a roof. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the, so the race kind of starts outside of that, like in front of it. So there's bathrooms, like proper bathrooms with plumbing, which is the thing you never get at races. No porta-potties, no having to pee in the woods unless you really have to pee in the woods. That is so luxurious. Yeah, it really really is. Uh, Like running water is not a thing you normally get. So there's like a whole, because like, you know, tons of people come to these shows sometimes. So they've got, you know, the bathrooms probably have 50 stalls, maybe more. uh, So you're like never, I mean, I was always the only one in there anyway, but... Uh, so there's like bathrooms and then they had an aid station, which I didn't use too much, but I'll talk about. So that's normally where they have snacks and drinks and stuff. That is so much fancier than like Rock Creek Park or something where it's one stall with the door ripped off and graffiti right. everywhere and the <laughs> faucet doesn't work. And no, it's, it's ratchet. That sounds swank. Yes. No, it was very luxurious yeah. for, for like running in general. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, and so, so basically you depart from there that's sort of the start of the loop and then you run through a grassy area like outside this which is where everybody's cars were parked so you go past your car every single loop so i can like get my stuff out of it run through the grassy area and then you run around a couple ponds you run into the woods come out of the woods run back into the woods come out of the woods run back into the woods come out of the woods and then you're done so there's and i this is just how like in my brain i kind of divide things up into sections so um, it's all kind of on horse trails or grass, so pretty soft. And then you come you know, back to the pavilion and you can go to the bathroom and get snacks from the aid station, go past your car. 
it's two and a half miles and you just do that 40 times and then you run 100 miles. I wouldn't have been able to do that math. I'm glad you did that for me. <laughs> well, they tell you ahead of time. Uh, and they, there's a timing mat. So if you've run, you know, even a 5K, you've probably seen timing. And, uh, and so when you cross, you cross the mat and then you come into the, there's sort of like a sidewalk across the front of the pavilion, um, which is where the aid station, the bathrooms and everything are. And the timing guys are in there and they have like a big display, like computer display. And it shows like everybody who's kind of due to come in. And so like when I'd cross the mat, then I look at the display and I'm typically at the top then. And it's like, so oh, that's I've completed cool. this many laps. Here's how many laps to go. Here's the time. It's got tons of data. Oh, that's really helpful. And I'm just looking at laps to go. How many laps do I have left? So we start on Saturday morning and uh, it's fine, but man. <laughs> What's the temperature like? Well, it was fine it was like 85 degrees at the start that's fine not, that's not fine i mean it it was hot right but like training in the keys doing all these runs in the keys was really helpful because it was super humid and i did them all and i mean you know right like i go run in the middle of the day yep. two in the afternoon no shade no and there's no shade here and there was a lot of shade on this course so i, I did pretty well for a while um but the actual temperature got up to 99 degrees cool. in pensacola on saturday uh which is warmer than it gets here uh, the humid- By like 10 degrees. I mean, that's significant. We've, I don't know if we've hit 90 formally in oh, the Oh, of course we have. You, you obviously do not pay attention. Not as closely as you do. No, no. I mean, it's, it's regularly like 93, 95 oh, okay. here. Yeah. Well, never mind. Um, 99 is warmer, and it was very humid, and so it was pretty oppressively hot. Um, so I ended up, I probably ran... 25 or 30 miles and then I was like I'm gonna have to walk because like I'm really feel like the heat will really drain you and I'm like I don't what I don't want to do is like pass out because it's so hot and some people did there was one woman who was just like cranking it, it should mean she looked great and she's like running she looks really strong and then I came around like past the aid station like start going back to the cars and she's on a bench just like vomiting and I eventually saw her later in the race and talked to her. And she's like, yeah, I had to like lay down for two hours because I just felt so bad because uh, you really screw yourself up. And then you got to give your body time to reset. So I think I ended up finishing ahead of her, even though she was way ahead of me at that point in the race, because you just got to like let yourself She's recover. like the rabbit, and, you know, you're not the rabbit, <laughs> I guess. Uh, so anyway, yeah, walked for probably four, three or four hours till it started to get dark. Um, and then, you know, you put on a headlamp and keep running. And so once it was dark, I could run again because it was not as hot. And so I ran pretty much all night. Um, and then that got me to about like 60, 65 miles. So I ran the first, with the exception of that little section, I mean, little section, probably 15 miles that no, not that long. Uh, three loops, seven and a half, ten miles that I walked. I ran the first 60 or 65 miles. And then I was really tired. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and you got to remember, I ran all night, right? So I didn't sleep at all. So I'm very tired from running 65 miles, and I also didn't sleep. So the sun starts coming up, and I'm just exhausted. Uh, so I'm my feet are really sore is the main thing at that point. I mean, obviously like I've got a few blisters. 
Um, but just like the bottoms of my feet from the pounding. And it's weird because that's never a thing that happens to me. And I was talking to a few other runners and I was like, man, it's just like the bottoms of my feet are so sore. And they were like, yeah, that's like a heat thing that like, you, you know, I, and I don't, you know, who knows if they're right, but the theory would be that like, you know, it's so hot that your feet kind of swell up and it makes them like more sensitive to the pounding regardless. I don't know. In any case, they were very sore and they never had been in my training runs before. I mean, the only other time I had that was like the first marathon I ran that I didn't really train for. They were really sore the second half, but, uh, so yeah. So then I have to start walking cause I can't really run like both. Cause I'm quite tired and my feet are really sore. And, uh, I was walking, you know, I was probably on like the third lap, right? So like the seventh mile of walking in the early morning. And I was talking to a couple people and I was like, I'm just, I'm so tired. I can't even focus my eyes. And I couldn't, right? Like I'm sort of seeing double, not that, not that like my brain wasn't working, but like, I, like it's too much work to keep my eyes the focused. The muscles were tired. Yeah. And uh, one guy is like, you got to take a nap. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be long, but like, just take a little nap. You're going to feel so much better. And I'm like, I guess that's true, right? I've stopped for you know, two or three minutes to like drink a Coke and eat something, but I haven't really rested. And normally, like if you're running a a point to point course, right, where you come into aid stations, like people will stay there sometimes for 10, 15 minutes. I haven't done any of that. And I'm like, okay, but the fear when you take a nap, and this has happened to many people is that you're like, I'm going to take a 15 minute nap. And then three hours later, you wake up five days later, (laughs) you don't hear that alarm because you are fucking exhausted. And so I had, you know, like all these alarms set I'm like, all right, everybody, I'm taking a nap at 15 minutes. I think the first nap, I'm like, I'll allow myself 20 minutes of nap. If anybody comes around on another lap and I'm in my car, like you come get me. I do. I'm not going to sleep through all this. Yeah. Uh, And I was so paranoid. I slept for not even 10 minutes. And I was like, cause I, cause it's like, am I missing it? Am I going to miss it? Am I going to miss it? I had like all these alarms set on my phone, you know, timers, alarms, everything. So there's going to be all this stuff going off. Um, but I woke up after 10 minutes and I was like, okay, like we're just going to go. But I felt a ton better, like not good, but much better. Like could focus my eyes again. Um, so twice I did that where I took the first nap was 10 minutes. The second one I think was seven minutes. And this is Sunday during the day already. Sunday during the day. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I turned the car on, so I had the AC on. Sure. Um, and then, yeah, so I slept for 17 minutes. <laughs> um, but it sounds so desperate. Yeah, it, it was very desperate. My feet were so sore. <sighs> and so it's like, I'd finish a loop. You know, and it's like, okay, I have 15 more laps to go. I mean, that's like 30 miles, 35 miles, yeah. 37 miles. Right? And, like, and as I have pointed out, and it sounds trite, but it's like those are the last miles in the race, right? The 31st, the first 30 miles are different than the last 30 yeah. miles. And so it's like, like every step is just <sighs> agonizing. It feels, I've been trying to think of like what an analogy is to like what the bottom of my feet feel like. And it's sort of like if you've, if you've ever been like hammering something and you miss the nail and you just smash your thumb with it, <laughs> or like if you've ever like pulled, pulled the car door closed and then you've got a limb, like or a hand or, or something finger. like finger in the door and you just slam it on it. That's what the bottom of my feet feel like. 
but then you got to walk on it after that. So you keep slamming it. You just keep, keep hammering it. <laughs> keep hammering it over and over again. That's, it feels a lot like that. Like they're, you know, they're swollen and they're really sore and tender. At some point I thought I had a rock in my shoe, like in the middle of the ball of my foot and there was no rock. There's just a spot there that I, you know, I think I got a blister, like you can't see it, like not just under the skin, but way deep in there um, that was sort of pushing like that. And so it feels like you're walking on this like sharp pointy little rock on every step, but both feet, I mean, it was just every single step was agony. So I'd be walking and I'd just be like, I couldn't suppress like just going, Oh God, it hurts so bad. Just like moaning out loud. Uh, and you got to do that for 35 more miles. Right. And even when I get down, like, they're like, Oh, okay. Like you, you just finished, you got nine laps to go. It's like, fucker, that's almost 20 miles. That's a lot. That's a long day by itself. And I am in agony. I'm sure even the last lap was really freaking long. It's another, it's just any step was too many. All, all of it hurt. And, uh, you know, a lot, I mean, everybody was super supportive and I was like checking in on social media, uh, kind of the whole time, right? Like when I'd stop at my car, I'd kind of pull up the phone and, you know, read people's comments. And occasionally I'd reply just because I'm like, oh, that's interesting and distracting. By the second day, I was not. Uh, I mean, I was still reading stuff on occasion, but I, I was, I mean, you talked to me a couple times and I'm like. Once. I, c- I couldn't really put together coherent sentences. I talked to you once and you said, I don't want to talk. Yeah, on the second day, that's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, JR Dad called me kind of in the morning of the second day. I was worried. And, and you're like, hi. And I'm like, I can't talk. Bye. <laughs> like, don't. All right. All right. Well, she's alive. This is talk. good. This is fine. Yeah. Um, and there were a few people who were, who had been like texting me or messaging me over the course of the race. And, and I was, you know, with you, I, I could just be like, nope. Like, I can't. Yeah, no, that's Cause right. you get it. That's the deal. And, uh, you know, with the, the few other people who were texting, I was like, Thank you very much. Uh, I can't really manage. Jen, Jen can't come to the phone right now. <laughs> can't really manage conversation right now. But if I need anything, I'll let you know. Yeah, still <laughs> was, alive should have been your your default. Should have been still alive, moving. Yeah, you know, I think the the problem for some people is that I had so there was a tracker for the race which would just count the laps when I'd come in. But then I also had linked to my Garmin tracker, which would kind of show me on the course. And my Garmin battery got really low around seventy five miles. Um, it didn't shut off, but I think it dropped the Bluetooth connection to my phone, which is where that live track was coming. So my tracker just stopped from yeah. the Garmin. People saw the 75 miles or 76 miles and thought you'd, you'd, you'd crashed. Yeah. Um, and I understand that everybody wanted to know, but I was like, I've, no, just, <laughs> I'm doing a thing here. <laughs> I'm kind of in the middle of something right now. Um, yeah. So it was really agonizing. Um, but I was like, I came here to do this hundred miler and at this race, they, they, if you drop, so if you've done 90 miles, some guy did this, he did 90 miles and he's like, I just can't do the last four laps. Uh, then they say, okay, well you finished the hundred K, which is 62 miles. Good job. You finished the hundred K and then you won't charge you for the bonus extra 30 miles. Good job. (laughs) Uh, but I was like, you know, I came here cause I tried to do the, 100 miles at the Keys 100 race last year and I didn't finish I made it 73 miles and I was like you know if I'm gonna run 100 miles here's what I need I need a flat course 
preferably on trails, but not anything technical where I'm going to trip, just like softer ground. Yeah, no roots. No roots, right? Because I, I hate technical trails, just like something nice and soft and easy to run on. Um, I need a very generous cutoff, and I prefer something that's a loop because I feel like I just focus better. Like some people get really bored running the same two and a half mile loop 40 times, but I really like it because it's like I know exactly where I am. I really understand like my place and what's H- going having on. Having an aid station every two and a half miles is super luxurious. Yeah, and being able to go to the car and having two aid stations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, and like the people who run this race are amazing. Like they're so like kind and supportive. It's the same people every year. You know, the people who run the aid station are great. They remembered you. They did. Oh my God. Yeah. So when I got, I picked up my, my stuff, like my number and everything on Friday evening and there was an envelope in there with my name on it. And it's like, we're so happy to have you back at the race. Like we're already cheering for you and we're looking forward to doing it tomorrow. It was so nice. Cause you did the 50 miler two years the ago. The 100K. Right? 100K. Yeah. 60 so 62 miles. miles. Yeah. Um, so I was like, this is the, if I'm going to ever do a hundred miles, this is the race to do it at. And so if I, if it weren't that, right, if it weren't like this is, and the weather was, I mean, it was hot, right? It, like, sure, it could have been cooler, but it didn't rain, which I was worried about. Like, the weather was basically perfect. Like, these are the optimal conditions for me to do this. I'm very well trained. If I drop now, it's not like there's going to be a better opportunity. I'm just dropping because I don't want to endure the pain to finish. I would really like to have this 100 miles checked off the list. And so I've got to just keep doing it because it's n- there's not like, oh, there will be another race where it's easier. Right. That's why I kept doing it. If I had already done one, I would have been like, fuck this shit. I am done. <laughs> no, and you trained really well and you were healthy. And, you know, it's like it it would have been hard to recreate all of that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So the second day was very bad. I will add, I guess I, I forgot to put this on the first day. Uh I, I keep saying it all went fine, except it kind of didn't. I was about <laughs> 10 miles in uh, when my migraine started. So I often get migraines when I run far, um, especially if it's really hot. And I I have a prescription for it. So I took the normal prescription amount and uh, it keeps it from getting worse, but it didn't go away. But I take four, basically four Advils, 800 milligrams of ibuprofen with the prescription because that makes it work better. So you don't want to blast yourself with a bunch of Advil, especially when you're running that far because it's sort of hard on your organs. So I'm really conservative about taking a second dose. So 10 hours later, I took a second dose. You know, in the dark or uh, almost? It was, yeah, later. It was still light, but it was getting close to later in the day. And, uh, and after an hour, that knocked it out. And I was talking to you and I was like, I'm so relieved that that headache is gone because it's so distracting right i mean it feels like somebody's hitting you in the head with a hammer Good. and so they're hitting your toes with a hammer and you're there's a lot of hammering the head with a yeah, hammer a lot of hammering going on Ugh. and i'm like i'm so relieved it's gone and it only lasted 12 hours and then i was like one should not use the word only with a migraine in 12 hours especially in the middle of a race so yeah that was the first day and then uh yeah second day was very hard and I kind of just kept doing it at some point in the middle of the day the people at the aid station were like you know they're really good like they know when to just leave you the heck alone 
because you don't want to talk to anybody. And uh, I was talking to them and, you know, I was like, I'm just, I'm just trying to get it done. You know, like I got nothing to say other than I just need to keep doing this until I get it done. <laughs> and they're like, how's your heat management? And I was like, you know, I'm okay. And they're like, we've got a thing if you want to try you know, anytime you'll have to sit in that chair though. And I'm like, let's do it. I'm sitting in your chair. So I sit in this little folding chair and they're like, put both of your arms out. So I kind of stick my arms out, palms up. And they've got like this little tiny mini cooler that's full of ice water and four washcloths. And so they drape one washcloth over the crook of each elbow that you're holding out. And then one kind of across my throat and chest and one over the back of my neck. Wow. And then they start rotating them. So they take, you know, one arm, dunk it back in the water, put it on, then the other arm, then the throat, and then the so back. So it's always cold. So it's always cold. They, oh. And it's just like a very slow, gentle cycle where they're, con and it's like, so you just sit there and it cools you so fast. I mean, it was like one of the nicest feeling things ever. It, it sounds like something from the 1800s yeah. <laughs> that they would do. They would probably strap you down that back then. But it also sounds like a kind of a spa thing. It, it sounds it very nice. It felt like yeah. a spa treatment. Yeah. And, and I'm like, this is great. And the, the guy who's doing it, he's like, yeah, I read about this in Trucker Magazine. <laughs> I don't even know if there's a Trucker Magazine. He could have been fucking with me. I don't. Your, I was not your competent. Your perceptions were a little distorted on Sunday. Yeah. Maybe he said something else. Oh, no. He definitely. Because <laughs> he and like the lady working the aid station had a whole discussion about it. And then they were talking about some road trip they took and acronyms they made up for like different trucking companies weird yeah the, everyone there's a real character and uh so i i don't really know i don't remember anything of the acronyms they were all vaguely funny and slightly <laughs> offensive and uh whatever hey they were cooling you down they were they did a very nice job they were all very nice to me and uh yeah so i kind of keep going and you know, one thing that's really common that people report in 100-mile races is that they hallucinate stuff. And I've never had this before. You know, I've run, like I said, the 100K, which was 62 miles that I ran at this same race. And then in the Keys 100, I ran 73 miles. And I was posting a lot on Instagram kind of joking because there's all this, like, you know, there's this, like, big giant fake lobster at a restaurant yes. in Isla Mirada. Betsy, the lobster. Yeah. It's, like, 40 feet long. And so anytime, or there's, like, these big dolphins in front of the Dolphin Center. So I would, like, take pictures of all this giant marine life sculptures and be like, is it a hallucination or a thing that's really there? <laughs> like, it's a joke. I've never had a hallucination on a run. Uh, when I did my 50 mile run, I thought I saw a Florida Panther and I was like, maybe I hallucinated that and no, there actually was a Florida Panther. <laughs> so I'd never had a hallucination on a run. And so I figured I was not going to have one. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. Did I have a solid like 12 hours of hallucinating? Boy, did karma get you for those thoughts, those earlier thoughts. So at night, all you can see at night is the circle of light of your headlamp. And it was a little bit weird because when you're running through the woods, it's kind of like sandy trails in the woods. And because uh, it's, you know, I mean, we weren't like on the beach at this place, but Pensacola is on the Gulf. So uh, sandy trails. And then there were pine trees in these woods. And so there were kind of pine needles scattered across the trails. And so I'm looking at them because I'm kind of looking down to make sure I don't trip on anything. And I started seeing them like in these very precise geometric patterns, like a 
I would look ahead and there'd be like a perfect square of pine needles or like a perfect isosceles triangle. And I'm like, that's weird. They normally don't fall off like that. And then I'd get up to them and it'd be like, so there's some that are like maybe in a square, but then there's a bunch of other pine needles around. And so there's not actually like a square that's like obviously standing out. Like my brain was sort of just putting patterns into things that didn't really have patterns. And I also was kind of hallucinating things moving. So I would look down and I would see, you know, there'd be like a leaf and a little stick on the trail. And I would think it would sort of start to slither away. And I was definitely worried about snakes because there's a lot of snakes at this place, um, which I, did, I ended up not seeing any snakes. But the thing I thought was moving, then I'd look again and it hadn't moved. And, you know, I'd stop in at the bathrooms uh, every time I'd go through the loop because I was drinking a lot to stay cold. And a bunch of times I thought there were like a bunch of ants like crawling on the door, which would, you know, wouldn't be weird because it like opens to the outside, right? It's not an indoor building. But I'd see all these ants and then I'd look again and then there wouldn't be any ants. And so I was kind of seeing some weird stuff at night. Um, but then when it started getting light, like this thing that my brain was doing got way crazier. And so first it was like I'd go into the woods and I thought I saw like a the face of a dog in a tree trunk so not not like I thought there was actually a dog's face in it but it looked like someone maybe had carved a dog's face in a tree trunk and that's like a normal kind of thing that like somebody might see like oh like look at you know those marks on that tree look kind of like a dog's face it was a little more vivid vivid than that for me um but whatever. So I sort of dismissed that. And then I'm going through the woods a little bit more. And I was like, oh, you know, five feet off the trail, there's kind of like the frame of a burnt out car in the woods. Like, it's weird that I didn't notice that for the 12 hours that I ran in the daylight yesterday, because I'm just running past the same place. And it's weird that this fancy equestrian facility would have a burned out car in the middle of its woods and it wouldn't take care of that and how would somebody's car even get in there and then i'd come up on it and it wasn't a burnt out car it's just like a bunch of branches and palm fronds on the trees and my brain had just kind of constructed these random patterns of branches to look like the shell of a burnt out car so after the burnt out car so began a whole string of stuff uh vehicles certainly burnt out cars non-burnt out cars boats rvs um robots big giant 20-foot robots um industrial like venting things like big tubes it would come up and like turn at the top like what kind of hellscape were you running through uh lots of animals so i saw like a cartoon dog in the woods like it looked like like if someone had just taken a cartoon dog and then like plopped it into reality, sitting in the woods, wolves, hogs, little animals. I saw a dinosaur, like a. Like that was the only animated one. The other, one, the wolf. Everything, was yes, like just the one cartoon dog. Everything else looked like an actual thing. Uh, dinosaur. What's the veggie source from? Brontosaurus. Brachiosaurus. 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 Whatever. One of those with the skinny neck and then the tiny head at the top. Yeah, saw one of those, in the woods. Did you freak out? No, I knew they weren't real, right? So I'd see them and I'd be like, 
my brain is telling me there's a dinosaur over there, but I never thought it was like a thing that was actually Were you there. amused? Were you irritated? Were you just so freaking tired? I was, I was vaguely amused. I thought it was very interesting that my brain was doing this. Like I'd look and I'd, so there was like the robot thing was weird. So I was like, I was out of the woods, right? I was like running through a grassy space and I'm getting ready to go into the woods, right? So I'm out in the open and I'm looking into the woods, right? Into the like, and they're, you know. Like a tunnel. It's like a tunnel, right? So the, the trees come up over the top. So I'm looking into this tunnel that I'm about to go into. And on the right side, it looks like very clearly there's these two kind of like, what's what was the TV show? Like Danger Will Robinson. Oh, yeah. That, that robot with the rubber arms. Yeah, but it's like got a big like cube for a head and then a big rectangular yeah, yeah. box body, right? Like box robots kind of. Well, that was more of a shop vac shape, actually. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, this was not. It was like, you know, like a big box body and then like a big cube for a head, like 20 feet tall, manila envelope colored in the woods. You looked up and it was yeah. still there. So like, I could see it, you know, because I'm like coming up to it, right? So I can see all this stuff. And there's two of them, you know, probably five feet off the trail in the woods. I'm like, I know there's no robots there, right? I know that's not what it is. I'm just not seeing it right. And I think we all have those moments sometimes where it's like, you're looking at something and you're like, what, is that a car over there? And then you go, oh, no, I, I was, I just Yeah, totally usually is it a person. Process A lot of times wrong. your brain wants to make it a person. So I know it's not a robot, but I keep looking and I'm like, it, it looks like a robot. I wonder what it actually is. I, my brain is clearly thinking that there's something else going on. And then as I'd get close to it and like as the patterns would, you know, as I'd be kind of going past the, like where the patterns of branches and stuff would start to shift, I'd go like, oh, okay. So it's just, I mean, it was always just like branches and palm fronds and my brain would just sort of like pick out these kinds of edges wow. and, and make it look like a thing. Um, Did you see legs? Yeah, so like all this stuff, like animals, vehicles, like sometimes I'd see what I thought were big buildings just in the middle of the woods, not there. But on the last loop, they started getting weirder. So at one point, <laughs> so most, almost all the stuff that I've listed, I saw a few feet off the trail in the woods. Then on the last loop, I'm coming into like the last section of woods. And in the middle of the trail in front of me, I see a pair of shoes with legs up to the knees and that's it just standing on the trail some leg lower legs this is this is why horror movies are written and then i'm coming around and there's a tractor there's a for real tractor that belongs to the horse farm uh <laughs> parked kind of near the pavilion place and there were very clearly two corpses in it a man and a woman like in the cab part to drive it there were no corpses dead the, I mean, the, they weren't like waving it. Oh no, no, dead, just sitting yeah. in there. This is horror movie stuff. Not there, but it, I mean, I knew they weren't there. I'm like, wonder what it actually is that my brain is turning into these two corpses. But like, I mean, like with tremendous detail, right? You could see the hair and the eyes, the clothes they're wearing, Holy like smokes. the legs. It was like brown shoes, like brown loafer shoes, and a pair of like yellow mustard yellow corduroy pants up to the knees, standing on the trail. I knew it wasn't there. But it was very, very weird. That's I mean, very disturbing. Yeah. Like, it, it didn't freak me out at all, right? I, I totally knew all the time that it's just like, my brain is doing this weird thing. Like I said, like, if you 
if you kind of look and you're like, oh, yeah, I swear I saw a person standing in the woods. And then you go and you're like, oh, it's just like a weird combination of shadows and whatever. Uh, But this is more elaborate. It was way more elaborate. And it's also not like I actually thought I saw a dinosaur or a wolf or a bear or whatever. Like I knew it wasn't there. Uh, but it was it was that kind of sensation where you go like, oh, I see why my brain thought that that's what that was, and now I see that that's not what it was. So I could, I knew my brain seeing it, and that's not what it actually is. There's nothing there. Uh, but it was crazy. Like the legs I, seemed like much more just made up out of whole cloth. Yeah, that was. I mean, the the legs in the corpse. That was the last lap. It was it was right and, towards and the, the good end. thing. Yeah, uh, so it did start getting a little bit crazier, but yeah, I mean, it, like never have had even a whiff of that kind of hallucination before on a run, and then to have it so extensive, excuse me, so extensively on this one, that was pretty trippy. Yeah, you went you went like between ten and twelve hours more than you did in the Keys, I think. Right? Yeah, for sure. That's a long time for your brain to be freaking functioning with no sleep and no rest. Yeah. I mean, I was I was definitely really exhausted. And so, uh, you know, I was, <laughs> I kept telling myself while I'm running, I'm like, self, I need you to remember how bad this sucks. So you never do this again. You, sh- you should never do this again. Because here's here's the thing. And I was telling somebody about this today, like, this is an epic thing I'm trying to do, right? Run a hundred miles. And I'm, I'm very happy that I ran the first 60 or 65 miles or however much it was. And, and, you know, walking is a normal part of this. People walk in ultras all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like a marathon. I mean, I know people walk in marathons, but it's not like you kind of should run the whole thing. It's not like that. People, it's a normal part of it. It just like, you wanted to feel sort of epic and so the sun comes up on the second day and I've got, you know, basically 12 more hours to go, you know, so whatever that is, 12 laps, 25 miles to go. And I'm shuffling around, right? I can't really run at this point. I tried to run one lap and I, you know, I maybe ran half a mile, but I couldn't, right? My feet were so sore. So I'm shuffling, kind of hobbling around this horse park in Pensacola, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a two and a half mile loop still over and over in the middle of a Sunday, like it didn't feel epic. It didn't feel triumphant. It didn't feel inspiring. It, it uh, just felt kind of like, I mean, you're not going to the tip of Mount McKinley or something. It's not a race where you're just like, and then we do the summit. That, I mean, this is exactly what I was saying in this email that I wrote today that, that it's like, I thought it was going to feel like, I was getting like I was trying to summit a mountain, right? And it's going to suck and it's going to be hard. But with every step, I know I'm getting closer to the summit. And when I get there, I'm going to like, it's going to be this, uh, yeah, the world opens up and this amazing thing. Like, And it didn't feel like that at all. It didn't feel like, oh, I'm struggling, but I'm struggling towards the peak. It felt like exactly what it was, which is I'm filthy and exhausted and hobbling around a horse park in Pensacola, Florida, and uh, yeah, it, and you know what the finish is going to look like because you've passed it just forty times. Thing. Yeah, yeah, and it's like I knew I would be glad to be done, and uh, but it, you know, that whole day it was just like I'm just enduring this suffering so I can check this box off. And I know, look, 
running 100 miles is basically just about enduring the suffering. Um, but I thought it would feel more glamorous or epic than it did, and it kind of didn't. It felt small and pathetic. Uh, huh. Which is just, you know, it's... Yeah, but you're also hallucinating. So, I, you know, you shouldn't believe yourself. I don't, I don't need you to correct this. Uh, I, I appreciate your support, Fair but enough. it's just, you know, it's just like... I don't know. Like maybe if it was going to end up on the top of a mountain, it would feel better. But I don't. I don't know that it would. I think it would be. At some point, you realize you're just a person walking around to do this sort of arbitrary thing that's really hard. Uh, and that's kind of what I felt like. So, in any case, I did it. I finished it. Uh, I definitely felt better on the last two laps just because I knew I would finally be able to stop and. <laughs> So I finished the last lap, and I got my belt buckle. Um, so for we've probably talked about this on on the podcast at some point, but you know when you finish any other race, you get a medal, and I did get a medal for this one. But if you finish a hundred mile race, you get a belt buckle, and that's because uh, you know back in oldie times, they had horse endurance races for like Pony Express riders that were hundred miles. Um, and it was really hard on the horses. They had to introduce all these rules that you don't fuck your horses up. And a lot of it would be like, Oh, we've got like Western States, which is a classic ultra marathon was originally a horse race. And so they, you know, the riders would often get off and they'd walk their horses up the mountain. So they would cover a lot of the distance, uh, but it was really hard on the horses. And there was this one. And so this became a more and more popular thing, these horse endurance races. And there's this one guy whose horses were consistently kind of coming up lame before the races and he was not doing them or, you know, they'd get hurt kind of early on. And so he'd be leading him through. And finally he's like, I'm just going to do it without the horse. <laughs> he just ran the whole course by himself. Uh, and so it makes sense that for a horse race, you get a belt buckle at the end. Cause it's sort of like a cowboy thing. Yeah. I guess. Uh, Keep your chaps up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, the belt buckles were the, the thing you got at the finish for the horse race. And so when this guy just did it without a horse and ran the whole hundred miles himself, he got the same belt buckle as he would have got if he did it with a horse. And so sort of in honor of that, that's sort of like a tradition that started. So, uh, yeah, every race, it is cool. The belt buckle is, is belt cool. Buckle. It's, I don't have, I can't wear it. I don't have a belt. It's cool. It's uh, not for wearing, it's for having. I guess. Some people do wear theirs. You don't wear the metal around your neck either. No, no. That's, I guess that's true. You could. Um, anyway, it's pretty cool. So, I mean, I'm look, I'm super glad I did it. I'm very glad to have it checked off. Um, you know, I have a, a sort of case of imposter syndrome with the running because I'm not a fast runner, right? And I don't need you to defend me. GR Dad's over here shrugging. shrugging. Sure. That doesn't help with imposter syndrome. Uh, I'm not a fast runner. And, you know, especially when you look at ultra running times, they're way slower than whatever. Like someone had looked at the the pages for this race before I did it. And they're like, 40 hours? You know, that works out to like a... I mean, if you're running 100 miles in 40 hours... It's not a 30-minute mile, but it's like 20, 25. And, and this person was like, so you could basically walk the whole thing. And it's like, well, on one hand, sure, you could. On the other hand, keeping that pace up for the last 20 miles is a lot different than keeping it up for the first 20 miles. Um, there's still a lot of suffering that goes into it, which, you know, was 
this person was not at all trying to be snarky about it, but just like the pace for ultra running looks so slow compared to the pace for like marathon running because going that much farther, like it's a totally different kind of thing, uh, you know, after you've gone that kind of distance. And I, I firmly am a middle of the pack ultra runner, like sometimes a little bit better than that, you know, but I'm always right in the middle. Um, but that said, like, I've heard plenty of commentary about how slow I am, that there's, that there's definitely something there, not where like, I think I don't count, but that I think people think I don't count. And so it's very nice to have a, this distance kind of checked off to be like, I did this very far distance and I finished right in the middle and now leave me alone. <laughs> Dear Dad's trying so hard to keep his mouth shut over on the other side. You of the did table. a great thing. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, I finished the race. I went back to my hotel. I took, a sh- I literally had to like very carefully lower myself down to the floor of the shower Ooh. in the Holiday Inn Express. Oh, you'll feel every chafe and every weird. Thing. Fortunately, like I. I didn't chafe very much. I chafed less for this than I ran for some of my, than I did for some of my runs around here. Cause I just slathered that anti-chafe stuff that, all over the place. Silicon stuff is yeah, awesome. Yeah. Two toms, man. If you have a chafing problem, get yourself some two toms. It stuff is miraculous. So I had almost nothing, uh, which is amazing. It was quite a relief. Cause I was expecting that kind of sting that you get when your sweat <sighs> runs into all your chafes. So I didn't have any of that. Uh, my feet, I had to like get the, washcloth and soap and like scrub between each of my toes because the dirt it wasn't just dirty between my toes it was like embedded (laughs) in my toes because it's it's like these kind of sandy dusty trails right so there's like tons of dust in my shoes all the time i mean my feet were filthy uh it's like scrub in between all of my toes and uh and i'm like i need to eat something right because even though you eat a lot during ultras i mean i ate i drank a lot of coke I had a couple gels. I ate three pieces of pizza, uh, a whole box of Pop-Tarts on the second day. Like if you buy a box, I ate all of them, whatever that is, eight Pop-Tarts. It's at least eight, yeah. Yeah, uh, pretty much one per lap on the second day. Um, but still nowhere near the number of calories you burn running 100 miles. So I'm like, I don't even feel that hunger, but I have to eat something. So I ordered a Domino's pizza experiencing the glory of food delivery, which we don't have here in the Keys. And I fell asleep waiting for the Domino's pizza. And then they knock on my hotel room door. I go get my pizza and I just brought the pizza into the bed and like as fast as possible, ate half of it and then fell asleep next to the pizza in bed. Uh, I had to get up at 4.30 to catch my 6.30 a.m. flight home. Slept on the flight. Jared Dad picked me up. I guess I didn't sleep on the way home, but I fell asleep on the couch after I'd been home. Yeah, you napped pretty hard. We went to dinner. I uh, went to bed at like 8 o'clock. Uh, I think I've managed to stay awake all day today, but I was after I'd been up for about two hours today, I was like, I am ready to go back to bed. So I'm very tired. Your feet still hurt. My feet are sore, but they're, it's like by the hour they're getting better. So yesterday it was really hard to, to walk at all just just because the bottoms of my feet were so sore and you know i had definitely had some muscle soreness yesterday that's a lot better today i mean i I still don't even if the bottom of my feet didn't hurt i still probably wouldn't 
run today because my legs are still kind of sore, but not, yeah. not much. By tomorrow, they, the legs will be in shape where I could run. My feet, I think, need a couple days, but they're... Give yourself some time. That's fine. I'm good. Sure. Here's the thing, though. There's this race series I've been doing. <laughs> he just rolled his eyes. Called Eight Hours of Hell, which is a... It's every month, May to October, I think. Normally, it's in person, and it's a timed race. So it's an eight-hour race, and you whoever runs the most miles wins. And so there's one per month, usually at a park in like in the Naples area, uh, but it's all virtual this year because of COVID. So I've been running it. All my runs with the keys, like the big distances I got, were always for these eight hours of hell. And they're at the same every. It's like a real race in that everybody starts at the same time on the same day and runs for the same eight hours. Like we all get on a Zoom call at the beginning and say hi, and then they go and go, and then you go run, and you you know every hour you post a picture of your Garmin to show how far you've gone. Um, so it's not like these other virtual races, which is like, whenever you want, go run this distance. Like it's, you have to be in Florida to do it. It's the same time. And in addition to like each month's race, they have a cumulative series winners. So whoever runs the most miles over all whatever, six or seven races that there are made to October. And, uh, I'm currently in the top 10 women for the series is it six or seven you just, you just counted seven so i'm currently in the top 10 because i've done all of them the next one's next weekend so i can't not do one then i'll drop out of the top 10 i get a cheesy plastic award if i finish in the top 10 i'm not willing to give this up so i have to do some miles on saturday I think it's fine, but there's a certain amount of crazy that goes into this logic. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cheesy plastic award, Ingo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's great. Anyway, now I probably will not run before then, so I keep, you know, whatever miles I have. I mean, it's a little ready. liberating now because if you hurt yourself now, you have already run the 100 miler. The whole thing, the whole reason you weren't trying to get hurt for the last seven months was the 100 miler. Yes. I'm glad that that worked out just yeah, fine it's good so um i'm trying to think if there's any other interesting details to add in there it was basically like i ran 100k and it was very very hard and i pretty much enjoyed it and then i hobbled around for another 60k until i had run 100 miles and then they gave me a belt buckle and i went home 100 miles is 160k mm -hmm. is that what i said I ran 100k yeah. and then i ran another 60 Oh, I see. Yeah. 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 It's uh, so far. It sounds even further that way. It was very far. It was very far and it was very painful. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, but you did it. I did it. Uh, I smelled really bad. Oh, I should talk about the people who were very nice to me on the last day. So, like, in addition to the aid station people who were good, um, you can bring crew to these races. So, Geodad offered to come. And I was like, don't come. <laughs> like, I'm going to be crabby. You're going to be more of a burden than a help. I mean, just because, like, I don't want to be a dick. And I feel like a dick, right? Like, I feel just, like, crabby and just want to like, leave me alone. Just leave me alone. And <laughs> <laughs> when I feel like that, it's an added emotional burden to be nice. And I want to be nice if you're there crewing me because it's a nice thing that you're doing. But 
I also don't feel nice. And so it's like, I'm going to have to work to be nice when I just want to be left alone. And so I was like, I don't need you to like give me a Coke out of the car or ask me questions. And it's going to be hard for me to be nice. Like I'd feel like a jerk if I'm not nice. And so don't come. No. And worst case is I get crabby at some point in the 40 hours and then it's like what the fuck am i doing how am i helping and i mean i've seen that happen with people where their crew gets crabby and it's terrible because then it's like you're so drained and then you have to manage the emotions of these other people who and look i mean it's just like running these things is a selfish thing right there's no reason to do it you're just doing it for yourself but you know if people are there to like help you do it like they have to be trained to help you do it right and so if your crew gets crabby or takes something personally which like look if i it's easy to push somebody's buttons if you're feeling crabby so if i'm like why are you such an idiot like i told you not to do this like of course you're gonna feel bad like a good crew you're failing all the people who depend on you Yeah. yeah like a good crew member has to be able to go they're just super crabby and their brain's not working and like don't even pay attention to what they say but that's really hard if the runner says something snappy to you and that happens all the time and often when it's couples or family members who know each other really well right because you like i know the thing to say to make you feel bad yeah and i don't you know i don't want to do that uh but i also don't want to have to manage if i say something and you take it wrong and then you act all hurt and then i have to fix it it's like man like all my energy needs to go into this right like yeah and there was probably wouldn't have happened, but I'm just saying worst, worst case, there's sure. a risk. No. Mm-hmm. And, and look, I mean, you crewed for me in the keys 100 and it, you were perfect the whole time. It was, I mean, you were just ideal. As yeah. A crew I'm, member. I, I, I'm not taking this on as a commentary on how I am as a crew. Yeah. At all. But I was just like, I don't need it. Cause I go past my car. Like I can open the car trunk, you know, the, the cargo area. Totally. I would, my I would have felt unneeded. Yeah. To some, to some extent, right? right? Like I would have just been hanging around trying not to get in the way and that's not that helpful. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, you offered many times to come and I explicitly was like, nope, don't, like I don't need yeah. it. It's not going to help. Um, but there were a bunch of people who brought crew, which is fine. And some people use pacers, um, which is wow. you can, yeah, you can have somebody come with you and run with you. In this race, after you're past the 50 mile mark or after dark, whichever one comes first, you're allowed to have pacers. And so that can just be like, I could be like, Jared, dad, please come run this loop with me. Um, the guys who won the race, like they were these like, like super fit dudes, right? No shirts, like just their little shorts on. Did they have beards? Uh, they did not have beards, but they, you could tell like the, the two guys who finished up at the top, they finished in like 20 hours. They, they had rotating pacers coming in. Like I saw them just like cranking it out in the morning or like late at night, like still running hard. And they had, they had like this like portable, one of them had a portable boom box like strapped to his waist. <laughs> I guess that's a dated term, but they're like blasting this music and just like cranking, cranking. You'd see these different other anonymous shirtless white guys like rotate in. Um, you know, working really hard to get these them to dudes, run faster. Yeah, wow. get them to you know to stay on pace and whatever. So some sometimes it's like okay, like get you to stay on track to win. Sometimes it's like, you know, I don't think I'm going to make the cutoff. I need someone who's going to make sure I make the cutoff or whatever my goal is. Like sure. keep me moving, not let me drop out. Sometimes it's just like, God, I feel like 
so drained and alone, it would be a real boost to me if someone would run this. I am not like that, right? I yeah. just want to be left alone. Um, but yeah, so there were some people who had crew there either as pacers or just to... Buddies. Yeah, sometimes to give them stuff. Like there was one dude and he's coming out of the area where the cars are parked and he's yelling like, I need a gel. And his crew's like running back to the car and getting a gel, get, like opening NASCAR. it and giving it to him. Yeah. So, I was like, oh God, okay. Um, so anyway, you know, there were shorter distances. There's a hundred K, there's a 50 K, there's a 25 K, which is like 15 miles at this race. So as we're there longer, there's fewer and fewer people because yeah. runners are finishing up the shorter distances. And so on the second day, you know, there's not a ton of people left. And there's one woman, I go into like the first section of woods and she's kind of like packing up her tent and stuff. Um, Cause they're finishing up with their runner. She maybe had a loop left and she's like, Hey, do you need anything? And I was like, I think I'm walking. Right? She's like, I think, I think I'm okay. She's like, you want a sparkling water? And I was like, yeah, that sounds heckin' great. So she gives me a, a La Croix. Yeah. Yeah. Hibiscus La Croix. And I was like, this is amazing. Which you would normally not pick out like oh give me the hibiscus all kinds of weird stuff and she's like how are your legs and i was like i mean they're fucking sore and she's like here like i've got some like magnesium rub or something hang (laughs) on and she like skits this stuff out of a ball she's like i'm gonna rub this on your legs and i'm like i am so gross i mean my legs were like caked in much she's like whatever i don't care so she's like rubbing this stuff on my legs (laughs) so nice this random stranger that's cool massaging my legs and then the last like three laps there was this guy who had signed up for the 100 miler and he had dropped after like 10 laps it was just like the heat really got to him and he was there with his pal who was still running so he had you know clearly showered and changed he was crewing for his pal on the second day and i come into the woods and he's like waiting for his friend he's got like a this like neoprene tube full of ice which people wear around their necks Mm. and uh he's and his friend is like you know probably 10 minutes behind me and he's like god do you need anything and i'm like i'm okay and uh He's like, you got a crew here? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm by myself. He's like, well, here, put this, like, you can wear this until my friend gets here. So he, like, puts this thing around my neck. And he's like, how are your legs? And I was like, I mean, they're sore. And he's like, okay, I'm going to rub them. Is that okay? And I was like, I mean, dude, they're filthy. And he goes, I mean, how often do you get to rub the calves of a beautiful woman? (laughs) Your dad just rolled his eyes. He was, it could have gone super creepy, but it was not. Uh, But, yeah, like, massaged my thighs and like my or not my thighs my calves thighs would have been creepy no start start with the calves start with the calves did the calves forearms gave me the thing and then like he adopted me for the last two laps so i'd like come into the car area and he'd come out with these like bandanas full of ice for my head that's cool he brought me a uh there's these like because the guy felt useless with his runner. So I think he's that's exactly it, right? Yeah. He's like once in, because his runner was walking too, right? So it's like once an hour, the guy comes around. I got nothing to do for an hour. Yeah. So he brought me this, like, there's this thing called like sparkling ice or something. It's like a mm. artificially sweetened. White cloth. Spark- <laughs> no, thank God there's no alcohol <laughs> in it. So it's like mango or, so it's basically like a diet soda, mm. um, like mango orange flavor. I like that. I was like, this is great. Thanks. I like drank that. It had an ice bandana on my head. Uh, yeah, none of it sounds like it was a bad idea. And it was all just like people trying to be super nice. Yeah. yeah. He didn't massage me again after that, by the way. Fine. Um, yeah. 
It's good. You may have been hallucinating anyway, so it doesn't really, <laughs> doesn't really matter. Was he really there? Did yeah. I hallucinate the leg massage? <laughs> no, I came home with one of his bandanas because there's one he put me on the oh, last yeah. loop. That's in the horror movie. And then there was a bandana. Da, da, da. He was real. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah. So it's done. I run 100 miles. It's awesome. Everybody leave me the fuck alone. Don't don't anybody question if I'm like actually an ultra runner because I ran 100 miles. Once you run 100 miles, then you can be like, well, it took you a really long time to do that. I, I don't want to hear a goddamn thing from anybody until you've done it. Yep. So you can, not that anybody a, listening to this would be like that. But I was going to say, most people seem pretty supportive. <laughs> everyone was extremely supportive. I got I like seven, 700 comments on the tracker. Yeah. Uh, and then people were commenting on other people's other runners trackers which was awesome that is pretty funny it was like spillover beautiful it was beautiful um so anyway thank you everybody who was so supportive like i i couldn't possibly go back and like all the comments but i was totally reading them all during the race i i went back after the race and read all of them and i just couldn't manage to mash the button on everything but i've read everything i read everything on the tracker i read all the social media comments once your eyes worked again that's good it is easier when the eyes work. Yeah. Ma. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I'm feeling okay. <laughs> Tired and a little sore. But She's actually letting me get stuff for, for her occasionally, which is a sign that her feet really hurt. Yeah. Would you mind just taking the dogs out? Could you bring me a thing from the fridge? This is excellent. I, I mean, yeah. Like, I don't have to prove anything to you. Oh, I like, and I like bringing you stuff. Normally, like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I ran a hundred miles. Woot woot. Awesome. Yep. Uh, people keep asking me what I'm gonna do next, and I had all, my answer was always I'm gonna sit on the couch and drink champagne, and that is what I did tonight. We finished a bottle of champagne sit on the couch i plan to sit on the couch for a few more days then i'll figure out what i'm gonna do next my job is to keep you on the couch for two more days i think that's fair because your brain doesn't want to do that your brain's already like i'm gonna go for a little run maybe tomorrow i'll go for a little run <laughs> i might kayak tomorrow that's good off your feet stuff yeah i approve okay uh so anyway thank you everybody for being super supportive and uh yeah I hope you enjoyed hearing about my hallucinations. Yes, and as with every one of these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, until next time, get out and go for a run. Yep, enjoy. Bye. Bye.